This is the official Caps Chirp Podcast, proudly a part of the Hockey Podcast Network. Every team, everywhere. What's going on, Caps fans? It's me, the Hockey Troll, and I am here with another episode of the official Caps Chirp Podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. It's a Thursday episode, so as per tradition, we're back in the regular schedule after the new year. We're going to be having uh, Griffin Young's on to talk about the Washington Capitals. He's actually the host of the Tell It As It Is podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network, repping the Colorado Avalanche, who've had some pretty recent success, of course. But, uh, you know, we'll talk a little bit of Avs. I know there's a lot of crossover between Caps fans and Avs fans. I have a soft spot in my heart for the Avs as well. You know, Patrick Waugh, all-time great, probably the GOAT. I know that there's a lot of numbers and, and whatever you want to call it with uh, with supporting the Hashik and, and Brodeur camps, but Patrick Waugh always has the, uh, the number one GOAT uh, goalie position for sure for me. So I'm sure we'll, we'll go down memory lane there. And um, Griffin's actually a pretty big Caps fan, so we're going to be talking about that as well. So let's pop some tabs and get right into it. One, two, three. All right, adding to the stream now, Griffin Youngs, or you know what, man? I think I'm gonna, I'm gonna Young Griff, dude. Young Griff, that's your rapper name. How's it going, man? <laughs> it's going pretty good. I think I am one of the youngest people on the network, so I think that works out just fine. You are. How old are you? Like, what, 22? 22. I was 20 when I joined. I know. Couldn't even drink legally. Not yet. Wow. But yeah. Thanks again for having me on the show, man. I appreciate it. I can't believe, I can't believe this is my first time. On I know. Show. We were just talking about that in the pre-recording uh, uh, kind of thing here, the interview that we usually do where we just kick around some shit. But yeah, like, because uh, I knew you were a Caps fan. Um, you know, when Polly was on, he was always talking about you and he listened to your podcast because he's also uh, an Avs fan. You know, that was probably his first team. Um, and mine too, to be completely honest. Like when I was young, you know, you won't remember this, but when we were kids, Polly and I, uh, you know, the, the Detroit Avs, you know, some of the golden age of hockey for us, uh, you know, in with those series was amazing, right, to watch that go down. So, um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm happy you're on. We've had a lot of – this is your virgin visit to the Caps Chirp podcast, so we're, we're happy to have you on. I've had a lot of those this season because I'm, I'm scrambling – uh, I can't believe that people still listen to just me talk about this shit, but, uh, but yeah, so anyways, welcome, glad you're here. And again, it is surprising that you haven't come on before because tell us about your fandom, um, of the Washington Capitals. Obviously you're decked out for people who aren't watching the stream, you're decked out in Jersey and you've got the, the limited edition, uh, caps. The oh, yeah. St. Thomas is repping St. Thomas right here. That's great. Um, so tell us, yeah, tell us about how this all started, man. Well, I'm actually kind of the the opposite of both of you. Is I completely started as a Caps fan. I live mm. in the DMV. I grew up with the Caps, and the Abs kind of just developed organically over the years when I was younger, as I just started to watch more and more hockey. But I mean, yeah, the the Abs or the Caps were always my first love. I grew up around them, and especially as I got older and more into hockey, I missed very very few caps games over the last like eight years or so yeah no doubt so we're uh without being too specific uh so i i went to high school in fairfax county uh where are you where are you at are you in maryland 
Yeah, I'm in, I'm in Maryland. I could give you my 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 zip code, my exact address for anyone who's interested as well. <laughs> no, I don't think that's necessary. But hey, okay, so he's on the you're on the what I consider the bad part of the DMV. You know, Maryland's rough, man. Like. Um, you will get no arguments from me. <laughs> dude, I, I know like Virginia is technically the South, but like, you know, I, I feel like liquor stores are open all the time in, in Virginia. You can just go to the gas station and get beer. I don't know if you can do that anymore. Can you do that in Maryland? You, like, you have to go to a special place to get alcohol? The, I don't think they have them at the gas station, but there, there's there's liquor stores around here for sure. Okay, got it. Well, you know, obviously that's my really my only concern when it comes to living in a place, I guess. But uh but yeah, um <clears throat> good stuff, man, Marilyn. Um and so yeah, I mean, you know, now I'm in Wheeling, uh, and Polly was too, so shit, maybe you should be hosting this podcast, the caps, repping the caps. But uh how'd you get onto the network? So tell me about that. Well, it really just kind of happened one day. I was sitting uh in my one of my college classes. And I got a direct message from Dylan on my personal account, just asking like, hey, man, do you want to host an Av show? And <laughs> just like that, he's like, hey, man, you want to host an Av show? Love love some of your writing. I'm like, me? Like, are you sure you got the right guy? Sure. And, and so and tell so everybody, talk- though, real quick about, so you were writing for, because I know you 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 go deeper into the hockey influencer. You know, I can't put the, the written word together. Make yeah, it. you are <laughs> definitely an influencer. That's what I like to call myself. Young Griff, hashtag hockey influencer. <laughs> so, t- yeah, tell it. us tell us about like the, the stuff that you were doing with the writing and whatnot. So um, in 2016, I applied to, to work at Fansided, uh, writing about the, the UFC for a little bit at a smaller site called Cage Pages. Okay. I did that for about a year. Uh, that site got shut down. And so we ended up just moving up to the main fan-sided site where I had free reign to write about pretty much anything I want. I stuck with the UFC for a little while longer, and I just kind of slowly transitioned into hockey and stuck with that for a little bit. And uh, it was funny because when Dylan reached out to me, I hadn't really written all that recently because I was in college at that point and focusing on my classes. But he really liked one of my articles that I wrote about Henrik Lundqvist coming to the Caps. And I compared ah. it to I compared it to um, Ray Bork coming to the Abs for for one last run as Stanley sure. Cup, and he really liked that one for some reason and gave me an entire show for it. And the rest is history. I, I mean, over the next couple of weeks, I just I talked uh, with him and Isha about um, just signing contracts and everything and what to do. And they're like, "All right, go nuts, Mister Twenty Year Old. You got <laughs> you got your own show now." And Holy fuck. All right. All right. Yeah. So you said you started writing in 2016. You would have been like, what, 17 years old or something? I, I had just turned 16 at that point. I, I got the I got the job writing on Halloween 2016. So a few weeks after my birthday. Bro, that's unreal, man. I mean, uh, props to you uh, for really going after it. Um, <clears throat> and then are you still are, you must have graduated or are you still in or what? I'm entering my final semester of college this year. <laughs> Awesome, dude. Congrats. Congrats. Three three months left. Wow. Wow. Listen, man, savor it now because after this, it's fucking downhill from here. Trust me. I'm 35. I'm already going downhill, buddy. Trust me. (laughs) I'm drinking a beer at 1 1 p.m. on on a fucking Sunday talking hockey. So, like, uh, you know, I guess this is the highlight of my week. But, um, you know, that that's awesome, man. I really applaud you for the tenacity to to go after it. And I mean, are you going to be pursuing the 
the sports writing world or, or what's what's up? I'm definitely going to stick with the podcast for as long as I can. Over the years, I mean, my passion for writing has just kind of gone down, especially as college has beaten the love for writing out of me a little bit. But yeah. I'll, de- I'll definitely keep it around for as long as I can because I just enjoy talking about hockey. I enjoy talking about sports. And if I find that I still work for Fansided and I work for them this whole time, I just don't write as much as I used to anymore. I wrote a couple of things back in December. But I'll stick around in that thing for a while. I'm definitely going to stick with the show for as long as people tolerate me, which I'm shocked <laughs> people still do after two years, especially when I did almost a full year alone. Yeah. But I, this is definitely a, a thing I want to stick in, just the sports world in general. I mean, right right now I, I work for the Baltimore Ravens in a very entry-level role, but it's been a lot of fun uh, working for them and organizing a lot of their stuff this season. So just in that whole sports world is something I hope to stick in. Badass, man. Badass. And so what are you graduating with? What degree? I'm getting getting my bachelor's in media and communications in the spring. All right. Well, his name's Griffin Youngs. If anybody in the DMV area is listening and want to offer this young man a job, uh, he has my my reference, my whatever that means for you. You know, in my real in my real life, I am a director of a marketing firm. So, uh, you know, I guess that holds some weight. But seriously, anybody, if you I mean, obviously, he's got some stuff going. So the, the offer's got to be pretty good. But to for it to get him away from the Ravens there. But, uh, you know, he's in the DMV area, folks. Uh, give him a shout. You can find him on Twitter. Uh, give him the handle real quick. Uh, you can follow me at G Young's NHL, and you can follow the show at Teledabs It Is, which is mainly where I end up tweeting most of the time anyway. Absolutely, yeah. So, you know, anybody who's who's anybody who's got a who's got a space to fill for media comms, uh, you know, hit up hit up Young Griff, and uh, you know, thank us later. <laughs> I love it, man. But enough about me. Let's talk about the way these caps are going, man. We got Tom Wilson and Nick Backstrom back tonight. Yeah, yeah. Oh, wait, hey, easy. Whose show is this? Whose show is this? Come on, Griffin. So he's already trying to come in and, and, and demand uh, what we the I'm, subject I'm matter. I'm buzzing. I mean, oh, I dude. talk about the abs twice a week, and I love my abs. Yeah, I, I'm so excited to finally come on this network and talk some caps. Absolutely. Yeah. So, okay, the Washington Capitals. If you haven't heard, and and this episode's coming out on Thursday. We're recording on Sunday, so there is a game, the the game that they're both coming back in right now. Um, and before we talk about the monumental comeback, let's talk really quick about Brian McClellan and his wizardry in the offseason. And I mean, look, Brian McClellan took this team and in a few years won a cup. And now he has been extended for indefinite time. You know, I really don't think that a lot of, first of all, the league, I don't think the league gives him as much credit as as he has, is due he has been smashed up against the um, the cap ceiling his entire tenure with the Washington Capitals, even as an assistant GM. And then on top of that, since coming, he's won a cup and he's he's really done a lot of great things, low-key moves and stuff. Like, I mean, we've talked about it all season. Strom, Brown, Charlie Lindgren, Darcy Kemper, just in this one iteration of this season. So, I mean... Uh, do you agree with that there, Griff? I mean, like, there are tons of incredible moves, like big brain shit. This has been the best season Brian McClellan has had in a, in a long time. I won't lie. Over the last maybe two or three years, my faith maybe wavered just a little bit. But he mm. knocked everything 
out of the park this offseason. It's rare that you can look at a team and look at their moves in one offseason and be like, they nailed all of them. But all the names you just mentioned, Dylan Strom has been a home run. Darcy Kemper has been a home run. Charlie Lindgren is, in my opinion, the best value signing of anybody in the offseason. That man so too. flew under the radar in St. Louis and has a three-year deal at just over a million dollars. That's incredible. Fucking and not wild. to mention, Sonny Milano was unsigned oh, yeah. in October, and they right. got him at an incredibly cheap deal. Starting him in the AHL, he's been a mainstay in the top six. And who thought Eric Gustafson was going to be this good with this team? With Carlson right. out, he's a, he's like been replacing him at this rate. He's been phenomenal. Yeah. Um, real quick, shout out Parker Henry there, uh, given the hashtag cap strip. That's actually Polly's younger brother, who is uh, not only younger and skinnier, but also better at hockey than Polly. So, you know, uh, shout out Polly and Parker. But there you go. Um, anyways, <clears throat> absolutely, dude. I mean, so many sly mo- I mean, maybe it's just because that's how he came up that uh, you know, in his in his GMing career that he's had to work with literally zero dollars. But uh, yeah, I mean, I think Sonny Milano was an incredible. I mean, that's a first round draft pick, dude. And this is a this is a kid who never got the shake, right? Like he was drafted by, I believe, Columbus. Yeah. And at that point, you know, you're the Columbus Blue Jackets. You want this guy to be the next Rick, Rick Nash for you or better. Right. Um, and it just didn't happen. It goes to the Ducks, gets to play with Zegris, gets some highlight reel shit going, but it's really kind of surface. This year, though, man, his jam has been unbelievable. Sonny Milano has been an incredible addition. I love his athleticism. I love that he is just – he's almost – you know who he reminds me of? Is a – is a and I hate to say more creative TJ Oshie with maybe just a tad less hands uh, because TJ Oshie is like hands team all day, right? But – you know, um, he's really that guy that reminds me of that. He's younger. The Caps have, have made moves to get old in previous years uh, just to get veterans in. But now it just, I mean, Dylan Strome and Sonny Milano alone have made impact players. And then you've got Anthony Mantha, who's marginally younger than Verona, who we shipped away. But, you know, that was a just a, a, a crazy move. I, I, I love it. I love it. But... So I think that we can all, or at least you and I can agree that this year it's been an A-plus effort by Brian McClellan. I do not envy him in the decisions he's going to have to be making for uh, whoever gets sent down or, or traded or whatever, which I haven't seen news yet as to how they're going to make room uh, for for uh, both Backstrom and Wilson to come back tonight. But uh, they, they put Snively on waivers yesterday. Uh, okay. I thought that the, I thought it was either Snively or or Abe Kubel. I was. Yeah, I, I think I think Snively just has a better chance of clearing waivers. Yeah. I know we love him here, especially because he's a local boy. Mm-hmm. But um, Knack is a guy who's no stranger to waivers. Obviously, right. the Abs got him off of waivers last season, and then he signs with Toronto this season. They put him on waivers, and then we pick him up this season. Right. So I've I've been stuck with Knack for a little while talking about him. But yeah. he's got the goals in two straight games. You'd be putting him on waivers, selling high. And even though he's not the most effective player for us, you still want to have him in your back pocket. And I feel like sure. a lot of teams don't understand how good Joe Snively can be just because he's been riding the press box for the last little while. Right. Snively probably has that better chance of clearing waivers and making sure we can keep the team intact. 
that's a great angle and obviously the right one. Um, the the angle that I was pushing for getting rid of Abe Kubel was to have guys like Snively, Snively getting ice time. But the thing is, is that uh, I thought they were trotting Abe Kubel out for trade value. Like if we could pick up a second rounder for a desperate team, that would be like an incredible win on the trade bracket for one player just, you know, Take Abe Kubel, give us a second rounder, even if it's a late one, like we'll take it and we can bargain those later. We can, we can, you know, move those around. But, you know, it's kind of six one way, half, half a dozen the other. I agree with you. I do believe Snively will clear. Um, and if not, you know, for the player, you know, we, we've lost players of the waiver wire before and we've lost players for like a half eaten ham sandwich who go on and thrive in other organizations. I mean, players that we've traded away. You know, Andre Burakovsky, who just recently won a Stanley Cup with, you know, the my Avalanche. Fa- my, fa- my favorite player of all time, Andre really? Burakovsky. My guy. Andre. Andre. <laughs> Berkey. Berkey. My boy. Absolutely. Yeah. Back, yeah. Back, when ahead, I was really get, back when I was really getting into hockey in 2014, 2015, like I'd, I'd always been a hockey fan before that, but I was yeah. always mainly a football guy, a Ravens guy. That was when I really started to get into the obsession that i have with hockey now yeah and i went to to berkey's first game against the montreal Canadiens, and i was just like i want to i want to have my own guy everyone loves the ovs everyone loves the backstroms i want to have my own guy and i saw it was berkey's first game he scored on his first shift i'm like i'm gonna attach this to this guy and make (laughs) it my person and make it my personality for the rest of my life and i got two i got two cups out of it and he ended up on both of my teams Yeah, on two different teams. That's wild, dude. So yeah. it sounds like it was uh, it was serendipitous. If you if you if we are being honest, right? It's almost exactly it. And you know what? Kraken are up there now too, because now he's in Seattle. Absolutely, man. Um, so yeah, and you know, Andre Burakovsky was a pretty unique case, right? Like I always, he was a little in his head. Obviously, he wanted to succeed. Obviously, he had that top six skill set. Uh, I mean, the shot is elite. It's hard to teach that type of stuff, right? A lot of these guys who have these shots, I think that people who've never played hockey really don't understand like how fucking hard it is to shoot a puck in stride. Like that's a, that's a tough thing. Um, you know, the fact that Ovechkin can actually put a one-timer on net for your average beer leaguer, average high school player, that's incredibly hard thing to do. Um, and with any side of sort of accuracy is even harder, right? So, uh, I believe that Andre Burakovsky just needed that change, right? I mean, um, and and it's not for lack of trying with the Caps. Obviously, he won- he did incredible in 2018. Obviously, we had to move away from him, but it was tough for him because you know he he did all the right things. I thought, obviously, being you know the top six is tough to crack on this team. I always say that it's it's if you get drafted by the Washington Capitals and you have the top six skill set. You're fucked. Like this sucks. It sucks for you because you're for the next five years. There's no opportunity for you unless you're absolutely a, a standout NHL proven stud. So if you're getting drafted, you're really just bare. You're gonna be buried. You're gonna be in Hershey. It sucks. But so so a lot of injuries basically are gonna have to happen for you to get a, even a, a crack at that. So you're toiling away and you're in the fourth line, the third line, and your skill set may not may not uh you know lend itself to those positions. Um, and then I always say that like the third line 
is is probably the hardest position, hardest spot to play in as a young player in the NHL because one, you have to be 100% defensively responsible. You can't be letting up goals, and two, you also have to drive play and and you know put points up. So so happy for Berkey. Glad that he's he's your favorite player. Uh, but uh, but yeah. So let's talk. Let's it's roundabout way of talking about Wilson. Carl, or I mean Wilson and uh, Backy coming back. What do you think is is going to go down on the ice tonight uh, as we watch Columbus? I mean, I had thought they should come back during the Nashville game initially, but then after watching the Nashville game, I was like, it's a good thing they didn't because that was a brutal slog of a game. Uh, the the Alan May said it best: they play an ugly style. They are physical. That was probably not the best game to come back in, even if it was at home. But this against Columbus, who's basement dwelling in the East and in the league overall. I mean, what are you expecting to see tonight? And we're going to be talking, we're talking into the future right now, because obviously this is, this is going to be released on Thursday, but you know, give some, give some fucking good shot calls out. What do you think? I think the poor Columbus Blue Jackets are going to get absolutely boat raced in this game <laughs> on the, the, the second half of a back-to-back. They did take down Carolina last night. Good for them in a shootout. Wow. Getting okay. getting Wilson back is such a boost for this team and getting Backstrom back at the same time. The morale of this team is never going to be higher than it will right. be in this game. They're going to be at home against a tired team on the second half of a back-to-back. I rarely ever predict blowouts because i always want to give credit to the other team sure i would be stunned if the blue jackets win this game just from the emotional boost of those two alone even if they don't contribute a single point right the caps are going to be absolutely rolling cap one is going to be absolutely roaring when those two are on the ice for the first time and i'm so incredibly excited to see those two back like just the two emotional leaders in the locker room and wilson just Tom Wilson doesn't need to score to be effective. It's also it's just such a bonus that he ends up doing it a lot of the time anyway. But right. the, fear, the fear that surrounds Tom Wilson every <laughs> time he's on the ice is something that cannot be ignored. And Nick Backstrom, the most underrated player of this generation. I released an episode just last night talking about this on my show when we brought up the Caps. Nick Backstrom's the most underrated player of this generation and a future Hall of Famer. Agreed. Getting him back, especially healthy, because we don't know when the last time Nick Backstrom was actually healthy. When he was playing yeah. against Florida in the playoffs, he could not tie his skates by himself. Right. He couldn't bend down to hug his children. And he still put up like five points in that series. Right. You're getting a healthy Nick Backstrom back probably for the first time in a couple years. Because when he signed that deal, it almost seemed like right away he started dealing with injuries. If he's fully healthy, we could be seeing the best version of Backstrom since 2019. Yeah, and to your point, around 2019, you know, he had a really strong start where he he looked like a young guy out there, the way he was moving. And obviously, now that we know what we know now, he was dealing with injuries throughout period. Uh, I mean, imagine basically like a a reinvigorated, at best, uh, a reinvigorated Nick Backstrom. At worst, a Nick Backstrom who's throwing up, you know, 70, 80 points a year in the past couple of years. Right. Um, so I totally, I totally agree, man. I mean, I, I, everything that you said, hundred percent agree. I think he's a hall of famer Nick Backstrom, probably one of the better, the best minds in hockey right now, as far as just being smart and, and 
almost like uh, Lidstrom-esque in the zero error category, right? I mean, a lot of times, you know, I've really gotten into golf lately and it's about just controlling your fuck-ups, right? So like, don't miss big and and aim for something that you know that you can, can execute. And I think Nick Backstrom does like, the way that he, if you watch him with the puck, the way that he literally checks down his options in like lightning quick speed and then executes the exact proper one in less than a second is mind boggling to me. So uh, not only like you referenced his quality of life as a person, you know, I think a lot of times, and we've talked about this a lot on this podcast before that people just forget that these are actual humans, you know, um, and, and at the same time, you kind of want them to be machines and, and perform at their peak, but it's just unable to happen be in an 82 game season plus playoffs. But, uh, yeah, I mean, as far as just like the personal side, like love that he is able to be functioning in his regular day to day life. Cause it does go beyond hockey for them. Yeah. And honestly, when this was announced, the kind of surgery that Backstrom was having, I genuinely wondered if we were going to see him ever again, because we, we saw this almost exact surgery happen to Ryan Kessler a couple mm-hmm. of years ago. He came back for a couple of games and you could tell he was, he was done. He was toast. He was simply never going to be the same again. But from all accounts, obviously we haven't seen Backstrom on the ice yet. From all accounts, he's taken his recovery extraordinarily seriously. He never allowed retirement to even enter his mind. And from everything we've seen from him on the ice, getting ready to come back to play, he's better than ever. And that is a terrifying thought for other teams in the Eastern Conference because the Caps are what, 12-2-2? Ever mm-hmm. since their loss to, to Calgary in early December, they've been absolutely rolling without two of their best players. Right. And even still, they've been doing it over the last few weeks without John Carlson as well. Yeah. This team is is set to go on a real good run here down the stretch. Yeah, and, you know, <clears throat> October and November schedule strength, which changes, but at the time, schedule strength was tough and I agree with it I mean we were playing a playoff team or a division winning team or projected to be at least every night and sometimes it was like a home and home or a back-to-back I mean it was a brutal October and November we're really over the hump now and ideally you know I said this in the last episode would be that the Washington Capitals who traditionally have a really good mid-season run right they basically, <clears throat> excuse me, pad a lot of stats in the midseason and then kind of coast into the playoffs. Here, though, we're kind of set up to surge, continue the surge through midseason and then really just dump fuel on the fire and make a run down the stretch, which should be like the last 10, 15, 20 games. Uh, are you kind of feeling that vibe too, Griffin? I absolutely feel like that right now because – Usually a lot of times at this point in the season or maybe uh, early, late February, back when we were winning President's Trophies, we essentially had the Metro locked up at this right. point. And there, was, there wasn't there was a ton to play for down the stretch. Right now, even as great as we've been, the Caps are still in the first wild card. They're still behind the Rangers and the Devils and the Hurricanes. They're seven points behind the Hurricanes. They're going to have to fight still in every single game for positioning because yeah. – one, one big loss could be the difference between having home ice in the first round against the Rangers or the Devils and starting on the road. And that can be a, a big difference for this team right now. As amazing as they've been on the road this season with seven straight road wins. But I totally think that down the stretch, we're really going to see 
what this team is because in in November I was doubting they were going to make the playoffs. They, yeah, and they were out. Of it. They were very well out of it at that point. They did not look like a team that was even going to come close to making the playoffs. Completely changed the story over the last little bit. I believe right now they're one point behind the Rangers, three points behind the Devils, and seven points behind the Hurricanes at the moment. All very attainable goals. I do think this team is going to finish top three and probably end up with a matchup with the Rangers or Devils in the first round. I just think it's important to, to end up with home ice in that instance. Absolutely. I mean, the Metropolitan, I think, year over year since I've been covering the Caps and honestly for the past decade has been the most competitive and and toughest division in all of hockey. Um, Without question. Yeah. I mean, there were a couple years where you could argue the Atlantic, uh, you know, even even maybe the Central a, a couple times as well. But really, the Metro was always there, right? Yeah, but to your point, it changes year over year. I mean, the the Atlantic has always had those top three teams. They always right. have Boston, they always have Tampa, they always have Toronto. Florida's broke in there the last two years, but now they're falling back off. And the Central was incredible the last couple of years. This year, it stinks. I'm right. going to be kind of real. The Central is <laughs> not very good right now. Uh, the I think the Avs are going to bounce way back up into that top three and probably at least come close to winning the Central. Dallas has been good. Winnipeg has been good. Minnesota has been good, but I just I don't believe in them. Once right. you get under the Avs, I don't think there's many good teams in there at all. Pacific doesn't even need to be brought up. That's an awful division. Right. But the, yeah. yeah, the Metro, even when it dips, the Metro is always the most competitive. There's a really good team in the Metro that's going to miss the playoffs this year, right. whether that's the Islanders, whether that's the Penguins. We're not even safe in that conversation yet. The Devils are seeming to bounce back a little bit more. We'll see what ends up happening, but there's going to be a pretty decent team in the Metro that's just not going to make it. Absolutely, and let's hope it's the Penguins, right? Yeah. I, honestly, I, I kind of want one more against them. I kind of hope Ooh. that we get one of the top three spots and Pittsburgh gets another one, just, just for old time's sake. Oh, my God. Gr <laughs> Young Griff, the masochist. That's his first album drop, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> As, as a Caps fan and a Ravens fan, since I was four years old, you enjoy this kind of pain at a certain point. <laughs> right. You kind of have to, right? At this point, you, you, you do. And honestly, uh, objectively speaking, Penn's Caps series are probably peak hockey in this new golden age of hockey. Well, I mean, it's... They've, they've been the best playoff series the NHL has seen in every single one they've played. And even, that's objectively even the, speaking, the, right? Yeah, even in the ones that the Penguins just straight up outplayed us in, they were incredibly fun series. And once this era of Ovechkin and Crosby is over, we're never going to see anything like it again. Not at least for a long time. The way these two have played and just how great they both are, it does, it does make me sick to talk up Penguins and Crosby like this. Right. But you do you do have to appreciate the, the level of excellence that they have brought us over the last couple of years and being such an entertaining rival year over year over year. And I know I'd love to go out with a win over them in 2018. And that's the final chapter in the playoff story. But yeah. it would feel wrong not to have one more chance. A like, last I think hurrah. Can, yeah. I think we can totally beat them in a playoff series. Me I, too. I think outside of Carolina, I think we can beat any team in the Metropolitan in a seven-game series. And even Carolina, we have a good chance. But they, mm -hmm. I'd say they'd definitely be favored. Against the Penguins, their bottom six is very weak. We would definitely have the depth advantage. Goaltending matchup would be very close. And seeing Ovechkin and Crosby 
who are still at, in the primes of their career somehow, both right. playing extraordinary hockey. Ovechkin's competing for the Rocket. Crosby, with the, the way the Penguins have been playing around him, is might be in contention for the heart. Yeah. Seeing those guys go up against each other one last time in the playoffs would be incredibly special. And it, it would be a genuine shame if we don't get that. Uh, it's true. I mean, everything that you're saying is true. I'm just like, it's like every game is like smoking a cigarette. Two minutes off your life, you know? Uh, <laughs> and I've seen too many and smoked too many cigarettes for that to, to be good for my health. That's for sure. Um, but I, I, I 100% agree, you know, um, I, and, and to your point, the... Pittsburgh Penguins, you just can never count them out, right? I mean, you've got the New York Islanders. They're going to the Penguins are going to make the playoffs. They will never die. Oh God damn it! So I've been chirping all my Penguins fans, friends, and just been like, no, nah, they're not making the playoffs. Well, primarily just to get them pissed off because you know they're very dumb, as all Penguins are. So they get very angry very easily and quickly. They have very bad coping mechanisms involved in their life. But you know, uh, <laughs> to your point though. I have to think that the the logical part of my brain is saying that the Penguins make it and the Islanders are probably the, the ones out who are like your good team that you're talking about that don't make it. Um, and, you know, again, back to the, the whole kind of uh, uh, situation in the East, you do have Atlantic teams who are solid. I mean, you're looking at Florida. You're looking at Buffalo surging, absolutely surging. We saw them and how good they are with Tage Thompson. And then you have, um, <clears throat> you know, it could be any. It could be Ottawa. It could be Montreal. It could be any of those teams that go on like a, uh, you know, even close to a 10-game 10 game, 10 game winning streak would get them probably into a wild card spot. So really every, even, you know, and I said, even Philly's not completely out of it. They're they're pretty much out of it. But I'd, I'd say they're kind of done. Right, but if they go on a surge and everybody else shits the bed, there is they're they're mathematically not out out right, and no one is. But at the same time, you look at possibilities, and and being the pessimist that I am uh, as a Caps fan, you know, you you look at these things, and every Eastern Conference opponent almost is a four game swing. Like you have to treat this like a playoff game, or you know, this could come bite you in the ass thirty games down the road. So as far as covering the Caps for me, it's a very unique position, right? We, we've never, that this time, since I've been covering them on, on the Hockey Podcast Network four years or so, never been worried about playoffs halfway through the season. It was already a done deal. Or at least close to, right? Like you're like, oh, well, they'll, they'll get better. We've got, a, we've got the roster to support. But now, with the other competition that's going on, phew rough it's it's definitely rough um but you know odds are the washington capitals make it and we and and young griff has his pick for the odds of the penguins making the playoffs but i do have to pay the bills so nfl the nfl playoff picture is locked in and my go-to place for wild card action is DraftKings sportsbook an official sports betting partner in the nfl to kick off the road to super bowl 57 new customers can bet just five dollars and get 200 and free bets instantly plus all new and existing customers and existing customers can get no sweat get a no sweat bet each day of the wild card round this weekend just it place any NFL bet of your choice and if it loses you get a free backup to $10 
Action is so good. Why bet NFL playoffs anywhere else? I know that there's been a lot of uh, crazy drama and, and happenings around the NHL and revolving around the Bills and things like that. I don't know. How are the Ravens doing? I, don't, I really don't follow the NFL too much. I don't want to talk about it right okay. now. They're, <laughs> they're down 17 nothing to the Bengals in the first minute of the second quarter. Oh, all right. Well, download DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code THPN. New customers can bet $5 on the NFL team. Uh, on, on the NFL and get 200 in free bets instantly only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. So, Griffin, we've talked about the caps. Uh, let's, let's get a little give – the, give the fans who I know there's crossover, a little taste of the avalanche. Like I said in, in the pre-interview and, and in the intro, Patrick Waugh – will forever be like a goal goalie that is just for me the greatest of all time i loved his attitude i loved just the statue of liberty you know um he was really and and you look at that guy's career incredible in montreal then goes to an expansion team and wins i mean won everywhere the guy's a stud as far as when it comes to winning detractors will say that oh look at the team that he had in montreal and in in uh and with the with the um, avalanche, but no, come on. I mean, there were times where I mean, thirty shots was the norm. Thirty five was was the norm, really, back in that age. So I mean, as you've been covering, and you're younger, so like as you as you've been covering the avalanche, uh, and within these past years, like, what's your vibe on that team? They really faltered. They had McKinnon out for a long period of time. Is that correct? Yes, McKinnon just came back uh, against Vegas last week. He missed just under a month. Uh, Gabe Landeskog has not played a game this entire season and probably won't until probably at the absolute earliest mid-February. Uh, Bo Byram has been out since early November, going to be back around the same time. We just got Darren Helm back for the first time. Val Nachushkin's been in and out of the lineup. Evan Rodriguez has been in and out of the lineup. This team has suffered a lot through injuries at the moment, and they just broke out of their their worst streak in three years, uh, breaking a five-game losing streak to the Edmonton Oilers last night and was probably going to end up at the end of the season the, the biggest win of the season for the Avs, down 2 nothing in the third period. They battle all the way back. You get a huge McKinnon goal. Brad Hunt scores a massive tying goal for them, and <laughs> Kale McCarr with just a, a classic OT winner in a game that really could have spiraled out of control for them stops the losing streak i until the avalanche are eliminated i still believe that they are the stanley cup favorites because we have not seen this team healthy all season fair and even still right now they're technically out of the playoffs that will not last they're going to start rattling off some wind and they're going to break into that top three in the central real soon i don't think they're out of contention to win the central quite yet but it's definitely going to be a challenge Dallas is going to have to take a bit of a step back and the abs are really going to have to put the pedal to the metal down the stretch. Cause right now Dallas is at 52 and we're at 43 with the abs have two games in hand on Dallas at the moment. So not out of reach, but definitely is going to be very hard for the abs to catch them. If they don't catch fire down the stretch, cause they're still at 38. They're not even at halfway point of the season quite yet, but McKinnon's been killing it. Miko Rantanen should be in the heart conversation. Only sure. last night did two other abs even hit 10 goals. Miko Rantanen's at 26 right now. He's right. been unbelievable. He's carried this team throughout injuries. Uh, Alex Georgiev has been really great for them so far this season. He has his games where he's not 
the best. I, with Georgiev, it's basically he's an 850 or he's a 975. He's right. There really seems to be no in-between for him at the moment. But more often than not, he's been excellent. Uh, when Pavel Francouz is healthy, he's an excellent backup as well. But they're they're fighting through a lot of things so far this season. And they were able to, to get through it with maybe a bit of an easier schedule in mid-December. And things really fell off the wagon for a little bit for five games. But now that they picked up this win over the Oilers, I think they're really going to start to to rattle off a couple of wins here and really get back into that central conversation. Absolutely. And, I mean, you know, a completely different situation. Well, somewhat of a different situation, at least, for, for the central division there. Because, you know, we've got the Metro, which is basically a bloodbath. And then, you know, I see Dallas over there doing well. Obviously, the Caps are snake bitten against Dallas. But, man, I love that that Robertson kid, man. I love that, so, you know, there's an Asian-looking so- guy out there, you know, being an Asian-American myself, played hockey. Like, love to see that dude. Um, he's pretty humble, but he's got some swag on him with it when it comes to playing on the ice. And, man, he's an elite talent for sure. Um, so it's it's – it's uh, for sure a, t- a toss-up, it seems, out there. Um, and I unfortunately don't get to watch a lot of West Coast teams. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, it sounds great. I mean, <laughs> let me ask you this. Since you're on the East Coast, you probably don't get a lot of sleep, huh? No. Uh, we finished recording our episode at 2.48 a.m. last night. <laughs> and I, I edited it and was up until after 3 a.m. until I wow. posted it. See, it's but funny. it's just part of the court. I mean, yeah, when absolutely. we have games, when we have games that fall on recording days, the the game against the Oilers last night started at 10 p.m. for me, went oh to God. overtime, so it finished at 1 a.m. And yeah. so we and we always record on Saturdays so far, and we always record on Tuesdays. If there are games on those days, I just I suck it up and deal with it and post those episodes as soon as they're done. <laughs> and you have a co-host now, correct? Yes, uh, Christian Bollet, who I brought on not this last October, but two Octobers ago in 2021. Uh, awesome. He's been a phenomenal addition to the show. He's, he's really helped take the show to a, another level. Cause I just, I know a lot about hockey, but I, I couldn't do it alone for much yeah. longer. He's been a fantastic addition for me. He's really helped me out a lot. Just a great dude in general. And the show is a lot more fun with him on there. Of course, of course. Uh, you know, it's always fun when you can just like get live kickback on, on things that you say. Um, and what, so where did, how did you meet this dude? So it's really funny because I didn't. I just <laughs> I reached out to him one day on Twitter. Mm-hmm. I just had a good feeling that I should have him on the show. And I followed that, uh, had him on as a guest for one episode. And then afterwards, asked him like, hey, do you want to join for every episode? He's like, yeah, sure. Never wow. interacted with the guy before that at all. And I we hit it out of the park ever since then. He's been a fantastic addition to the show. I, I met him in person in Colorado over the playoff run. I watched the, the Stanley Cup victory with him at Ball Arena. So wow. uh, it's been a friendship that just blossomed very quickly for me just following my gut and being like, yeah, why not? Awesome, dude. It's like a bromance that started on Twitter. you love to hear it. <laughs> Pretty much. You slide you slide in the DMs, you never know what's going to happen. <laughs> exactly. You know, it's crazy how many times like we've slid into DMs and just – you know, Carl Alsner, Samantha Pell, like those are the those are the people that that respond. And it's crazy to see that, you know, people of that caliber will talk to just us, I guess, you know, normal people. Right. It's, the mm-hmm. hockey community is amazing for sure. Yeah, it's a ton of fun. I mean, but one of the first things that Christian did when he was brought on the show was bring on John Michael Lyles 
just oh. reached out just reached out to John Michael Lyles one day, former abs defenseman and on and on altitude at the moment, just reached out to him. And within like three weeks of Christian being on the show, we were interviewing John Michael Lyles, which was incredibly crazy. Easily the, easily the biggest guest I had ever had on the show yeah. at that point. Dude, that's, that's awesome. And, and I don't think people really realize, like a lot of people are like, Oh yeah, I'll, I'll come on and, you know, be on your podcast. It's like, you don't really realize like, I do put work into this other than whether you, whether our, the listeners really understand or think that that happens or not, but you know, you're watching every game, you're writing recaps, uh, you know, at least in an outline form. And then, uh, you do a lot, you try to do as much as you can to promote it. Obviously having two people doubles your efforts there and, and things really, that's, that's the big thing is just like the amount of promotion that you can do and, and getting different sort of, uh, interviews is, is huge right um so yeah it's my first solo year it's been it's been uh definitely eye-opening as to what Polly did do um even though i would always shit on and be like dude you're doing nothing come on hurry up like do <laughs> do this stuff but definitely appreciate uh appreciate people once they're gone for sure um so <clears throat> we've talked the bat we've we've talked the players returning we've talked uh what the caps kind of are but we touched on this in the pre-interview like i believe that this iteration of the washington capitals team you know especially when they can get into that five-man cycle like offensively even and i thought that they were always good defensively obviously adding this stability in that this year my vibe on this team is that they are the best iteration of the Washington Capitals since 2018, since we've won the cup. And I know that's not a very large sample size, but it's large enough, um, especially when it comes to this year and, and winning this year. Uh, I really do believe that if, if we can get healthy and, and, you know, Nick and Tom don't go down again instantly with like some crazy, another injury and, and whatnot, um, it's almost a whole nother team that we're going to watch today. But like, what is your vibe? Do you agree with that? Do you think that the Washington Capitals look very different? You know, before last year's season, it was like, oh, we lost, but Ovi scored. So that's a win. Right. But what, what's your vibe on this season? The vibe on this season completely changed in early December. And the last couple of years, I'll be totally honest, this team wasn't a ton of fun to watch. Like right. it's in the, in the shortened season, the COVID shortened season, they were, they were decent. Then the following year in the other shortened season, they were fine, I guess. And they got smoked pretty badly by Boston. Last year, they were good enough to make the playoffs in a pretty bad Eastern Conference. They were the best eight seed we'd ever seen in mm-hmm. playoff history. It was a, f- you knew they had a shot against Florida, but even if they did win that series, you knew Tampa Bay was going to crush their windpipes, that they really did not have a shot at right. winning a Stanley Cup that season. This year, the way they have played ever since December, I don't know about Stanley Cup, but this team definitely has a run in them. In the first round, I like I think they're either going to get the Rangers or the Devils. I personally think it's going to end up being the the Rangers. They definitely have a chance in that series, more than a chance. I mean, the the way they played against the Rangers after New Year's, yeah, they definitely have a chance against the Rangers. That'll be an incredibly tense series. Going up against Carolina would be tough because when Carolina is rolling, that's a well-oiled machine that's mm-hmm. really tough to stop. But they have their stretches where they're just okay. Like right now, I think they're in like a an 0-2-1 stretch. Earlier in the season, there was a point where they just couldn't seem to, to put any wins together. Then they went on like a 16-game point streak. 
But if you can catch the Hurricanes in a downswing, and it has happened. The Rangers sure. did it last year. They, they have trouble winning on the road in the playoffs. If you can catch them in that, you can beat them. It's possible. Going up against who comes out of the Atlantic, though, I think that's the ceiling of this team. As much as I want to say they go to the Stanley Cup final and they win another Stanley Cup, the Atlantic is tough this year. You have Boston looking like a total juggernaut. With right. Linus Olmark going like that, that's tough to beat. And if Tampa Bay goes back to another conference final and they beat Toronto and Boston on the way there, that's another tough team to stop. And if Toronto gets out of the first round and beats Boston in the round after that, that's a lot of demons exercised. And they got yeah. a lot of momentum heading into that Eastern Conference final. The Caps absolutely put up a fight. And going to the Eastern Conference final is at, considering the history of this team sure. in the OB era. Yeah, we won a cup. We've still only been out of the second round once. Right. Just getting out of that second round again would feel quite nice, I will say. But this team definitely has a run in them for sure. This It's been a while since we've won a playoff series, obviously since the Stanley Cup. You lost to the Hurricanes in this series. You should have won. Mm-hmm. The Islanders series in the bubble was embarrassing. They got absolutely killed. They didn't seem that interested in being there. And against Boston, they were completely outmatched. Let's be real. Yeah. The, the Bruins were a very good team that season, and they just completely outmatched them. And against Florida, they did their best, but they let that series get away from them. They had an emotionally vulnerable Florida on the ropes, and they let them back in that series. And the, they let the Panthers run away with it towards the end. This year, this team has what seems like a different attitude. They have the depth, and they have a lot more speed, and they have goaltending you can rely on. Darcy Kemper is a defending Stanley Cup champion. Yes, he wasn't very good in the playoffs. He had one eye. He he had his eye gouged in game three of the playoffs by Nashville and had to miss the rest of that series, came back against the Blues and was good enough for the Avs to win and missed the entire Western Conference final against the Oilers. Frankie had to sweep the Oilers in that. But when the Avs played Tampa, in all four of the games the Avs won, Kemper was better than Vasilevsky. The numbers are undeniable he played better than Vasilevsky did and in the two losses he was terrible but -hmm. if you're getting Darcy Kemper with both functioning eyes (laughs) this team has a shot in the playoffs and I like our chances against the Rangers and the Devils or whoever they match up with in the first round whether it is the Penguins or not and going up against the Hurricanes the Hurricanes will be tough to beat but we have a shot and even as much as much as pessimistic as I am about going up against whoever comes out of the Atlantic you have a shot against them, too. If you can get past Carolina, who is, in my opinion, the team that is going to come out of the East and go to the Stanley Cup final, then you can beat whoever comes out of the Atlantic. It's going to be tough, but this team has a better shot than they've had ever since they won the Stanley Cup. 2019, they had a shot. They just blew it. The yeah. last the last three seasons, the team has just not been good enough. This year, they are. Sure. I, I, I agree, and obviously... In the heat of the moment, if you go back and check our episodes, I'm sure I'm gassing the caps up just being a complete homer. But I think I 100% agree with your assessment, you know, 2020 hindsight. How much do you attribute to this to Laviolette cooking? Now, keeping in mind, Laviolette is that coach that comes in for a three-year span within that three years, gets you to a final, gets you to a... Eastern Conference final gets you to a final of some sort. Um, he's just that's his track record, right? He won with uh, I believe Carolina, and then yeah. you know we've got Philly, Nashville, and then now he's with the Caps. You know, 
do you, I like Laviola? I I mean, you look at Cap's Twitter. Every fucking time, Cap's Twitter starts like sandbagging and piling on Laviolette. He takes both hands and both feet and just shoves it right up your hoop. Like uh, Abe Kubel, huge example, right? Oh, this, why is he even in the lineup? You know, all these armchair GMs and and whatnot um, are 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 just castrating him, and then he comes out and just absolutely exposes the Nashville D and scores a five hole goal. Um, I mean, what do you, what do you, what's your take on Laviolette? Cause I think that Polly and I, when, when the coaching spot was open, when we unfortunately lost Barry Trotz, obviously I would have rather just paid Barry Trotz whatever the fuck he wanted so that we could try to go back to back. But um, when it comes down to bringing in Lavi, we were, that's the guy we have to go for him. And that is the right fit because, you know, Gallant, he's, he's not authoritarian enough, I don't believe, or at least he can't garnish the buy-in. Uh, he's an incredibly offensively talented coach. Like he understands how to get guys going and on the offensive side of the puck. But at the same time, like I would rather have that defensive coach who's going to understand, Hey, all right, we got to first make sure we're not leaky. And then I can expose you to like the different, you know, you, you have enough creativity offensively, right? Like you if, honestly, you could let this team kind of go and they'd probably still fill the net with goals, right? Uh, without much guidance, but defensively is where we've always struggled. So, I mean, what's your take on Lavi? So when we hired Laviolette, I was in the Gerard Gallant campaign. I Ooh, really okay. wanted Gerard Gallant after the, the work he did in, in Vegas. I thought he did a great job. And Laviolette has definitely been a bit of a roller coaster. In my opinion, I think right now, I think he's figured it out what he wants to do with this team. Yeah. And the, the lineups he's put together have been really good. The structures we have have been really good. I think there just have been times where they haven't been the best over the last couple of years. And they were just kind of, I don't want to say out coached, but he wasn't helping matters all too much. I think the lineup that McClellan has given him this season has given him a lot to work with, and he's done a really good job with that. Finally getting some speed into the lineup, some more depth defensively, and just some good goaltending. It's it's what the saying goes, is show me a good coach, I'll show you a good goalie. Lavillette really has not had great goaltending in his time as a capital until this year. Samsonov and Vanacek were fine, inconsistent at best. Finally has some consistent goaltending, and... What a shock. We're not talking about firing the coach anymore. It's it's always going to work that way. Goaltending and coaching are always going to be tied at the hip. And Laviolette, I think he's done a really good job with this team this season. And it's good to see that he hasn't been like scratching a guy like Sonny Milano or anyone like that. Because as Caps fans, I think we're just traumatized always seeing like our young, good players scratched for young, scrappy veterans. Also, Worth bringing up just now, uh, Joe Snively has cleared waivers. Nice. And Very nice. going to go down to Hershey. That just came through from Elliot Friedman a few minutes ago. But he hasn't he hasn't made the move this season where you're like, what the hell are you doing? Because right. there's there's always a point, even with Trots, even with Reardon, especially with Reardon, where you're like, oh my God. what are you doing? What <laughs> the hell is going on? Right. And finally now... It seems like he's figured out what he wants to do with this lineup, and it's only going to get healthier. I think as long as this team doesn't flame out in the regular season and doesn't get destroyed in the first round, his job's going to be safe for plenty of years to come. Yeah, uh, you know, honestly, if I feel like if uh, Leonsis sees him make it past the first round and then be competitive in the second, I, I have to agree because 
right now, like who's on, who's, who's available. Uh, you know, Barry Trotz is technically available, but I really don't, I think he's burned that bridge. I think that bridge is absolutely burned Yeah, because (laughs) I don't think it's as simple as just, Oh, you should have paid him. I, I don't think anyone got along with him in management. That's always the prevailing rumor is that really? him and McClellan always at each other's throats. And, you know, the Blackhawks put up with that for a long time with, with Quenville, and they found a way to win three Stanley Cups out of it. So who's to say if they should have just stuck with it or not? But I think Trotz frustrated a lot of people with his decisions. And let's be real. If we didn't win that Stanley Cup, we are not talking about Barry Trotz positively at all. That guy was scratching Jacob Vrana as recently as the first round against Columbus. That's true. That's true. Um, but man, you know, when, when things were good with Barry, yeah, and you're right, exactly. But when things were good with Barry Trotz, they were, the Washington Capitals were world beaters, right? As shown. Um, I always liked Trotz. I always thought that he had, but I'm a little bit old school. I'm, I'll admit it. I'm a little bit old school. And I did agree with like, you know, the NHL is not a developmental league, especially where the Washington, if, if the Washington Capitals were basement dwellers, then yes. Okay. The NHL becomes a bit of a, of a development league, right? You just force feed these young guys um, and save your veterans or whatever, have them just kind of like putting around out there. Um, but in this, and and obviously the stars have to align in a million different ways for you to win a Stanley cup. But, and, and the way I'm viewing Laviolette's tenure here as well is that this is his second real year, right? COVID years, he couldn't even camp. He did have no camp. It was just go and figure it out as you go, you know, build the plane while you're flying it. And then in uh, his first years, like he had a camp and then, you know, we petered out, Uh, but we had shitty goaltending, like you said, or subpar, if you will. Now we're getting, you know, at least league average, if not better, goaltending, and it's a completely different story. Uh, I thought the defense last year was good. I think the defense has really come into stride here this year, uh, and the offense is 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 absolutely rolling. So, uh, that's that's great to hear. I mean, we do have crazy decisions to be making though next year with the blue line, but also this year when John Carlson, when and if John Carlson comes back, unless we play the Tampa Bay lightning game of putting him in on LTIR until the playoffs, when the cap is, you know, kind of null and void, which I wouldn't care. With the timeline he's on, that's a real possibility. Right. And like, what have you heard about John Carlson? Cause like they've been pretty hush hush about it. It doesn't really seem like he's going to be back until the playoffs is from what I understand, because there hasn't been a ton of information and they're going to take their time on this. And yeah. Cause they don't, they don't have to do anything, right? They yeah. don't need him. Yeah. They don't have to do anything right now. And that was a, a scary, scary injury that he Absolutely. suffered against the jets. They're going to take their very sweet time with getting him back into the lineup. And if it's close to the playoffs, you're not bringing him back in the regular season. That just right. doesn't make sense. Exactly. It, but we, we've seen it. We've seen it with the lightning and to a much lesser extent with the Avalanche, Gabe Landeskog was healthy for, for game one of the playoffs. They didn't end up using the LTIR space for anything, so it's not the same thing as Nikita Kucherov. But right. still, it, it doesn't make sense to bring that guy back in the regular season. Just give, Even if just to give him the extra time to get 100%, you'd give him as much time as you possibly can. But also, if you want to use some of that $8 million to get closer <laughs> to the salary cap and field a better team in the playoffs you are allowed to do that right them's the rules yeah <laughs> and it's the rules, and everyone does it 
So why right. not you? Of course. And of, of course, uh, I was on the bandwagon of just like, oh, the fucking lightning took a, you know, definitely exploited that loophole for sure. Um, I, you know, I'm not railing against the league to change that rule by any means, but, you know, it should be mentioned. Um, but at the same time, if the if if it was my team and I said this when it was when it was happening, like if it was the Caps, I totally wouldn't care. I'd be like, this is. I mean, the, the Blackhawks right. did it in 2015 with Patrick right. Kane, and they beat Tampa Bay in the final. And Tampa was one of the two teams, only two teams, that voted to change that rule, and it was not changed. And then Tampa took advantage of it themselves. Right. Everyone is allowed to do it. It is not sure. specifically for Tampa or Colorado or the Blackhawks. If you're in a situation like this. You're going to do it. Every team is going to do it until sure. the rule changes, which it won't. It won't change. Right. Absolutely. It's like it's like high sticking or, or head contacting goalie interference. Like it's all a fucking shit show. Right. And, you know, if, if it, you know, one in 32 benefits you, then it benefits you, uh, you know, honestly. So uh, maybe the Washington Capitals pull out some cap magic. Obviously, it's it's going to be super interesting. I'm loving watching the Washington Capitals in the past month plus. Uh, you're right. They were tough to watch. Uh, and, and especially like in the beginning, like the first couple months, it was just like, fuck, another Washington Capitals game. Like we're going to show about 20 millions of brilliance what we were. And then we're going to just shit the bed the rest of the way. So as far as. You know, even if you're a casual fan or if you follow the team explicitly, I love it. You know, good stuff. The Washington Capitals are rolling. We're looking at a division playoff spot. I believe that was that was my prediction at the beginning of the season. Sam Pell at the quarter, Mark said that there were a bubble team. Um, so hopefully that uh, we'll, we can prove her wrong with that. But I'm uh, absolutely looking forward to the rest of the season, man. Um is there? I think we've covered basically everything. It's been about an hour. Uh, do, do you have anything that you wanted to talk about, or any questions, or whatever? I think we covered pretty much all I've got on my mind at the moment. I will say. Good. So we we did find Snively cleared. We're we are compliant for tonight, which is Sunday's game against the Columbus Blue Jackets. I'd love to put, you know, a touchdown. And a field goal up on them. Just put 10 up. That would be amazing. Um, we got close against the Habs. We got real oh, close. That <laughs> stupid so challenge. Close. I hate that. That was so petty. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. Uh, had to be the. Had to be done, though. I mean, you know, Martin St. Louis. You, like, if you're the opposing coach, of course, I do that every fucking time, right? You have to let them. I have to, have to, if it's, if it's offsides or whatever, goal interference, like, it's, it's going to get called. Um, and then, uh, you know, Looking forward, it looks like the Washington Capitals are a little bit secure in a playoff position. I agree with you. Third division spot, man. I mean, I think that that's – and you know what? You look at it though. Like obviously we don't want the second to last uh, wild card or any wild card spot because then we're going to look at going up a division leader. Like so then we'd have Carolina right off the bat. Yeah, Boston, Carolina in the first round is brutal. you got to get one of those top three spots. Right. Um but if and and you know what you look at a team that has thrived in that middle position, which is many playoff teams and go on to win the cup in that middle position. It's very rare the President's Trophy 
winner goes on and wins the cup. I'm, um, you know, trying to think like the last time that happened was probably like the Blackhawks. Uh, it, was, it, was, it was the Blackhawks in the lockout shortened season. And the longest run a president's trophy winner has had was the 2015 Rangers. So yeah. in a roundabout way, we are the reason the president's trophy winner has gone the longest <laughs> in memory. Exactly. Exactly. And then before that, it was like Detroit who was yeah. world beating in, in any league. Um, I will say we are well overdue for a president's trophy winner. It's got it. I mean, the, we are just in such a statistical anomaly right now with President's Trophy winners. The amount of good teams that have obviously won the President's Trophy and just completely flamed out is ridiculous. It is. The, the abs the abs in the COVID-shortened season, they just completely <laughs> fell apart against Vegas. <laughs> and against Florida, I will say that one made sense because I, I never believed in Florida last year. Right. They were winning games 7-5, to five, and the Caps could have beaten them, and they never stood a chance against the Lightning. Yeah. And then you also look at, um, you know, it, it, right now with Boston, if they go on to win the President's Trophy, I mean, that's uh, they're on a heater. That could be it. It could be this season, you know, Boston. And, and if you look at Boston, they parallel like the Pittsburgh Penguins, the Washington Capitals. You've got guys that were on the chopping block, right? Bergeron, Krejci, who are like, Oh, they're too old. We shouldn't bring him back. You know, the fan base was split. Maybe we should bring him back. Obviously, you want to bring him back for member berries, but you know, they're old. They're old. They're old, right? Like, you know, everybody's so old. Then they come, they get like the short term deal to come back for another season or two and look at them now. Absolutely ripping through the through the league. You know, Krejci before he got injured, of course, but that's like that's a Krejci thing. He gets injured like every every year. It seems like he just wants yeah. a vacay. He's an old guy. <laughs> right. He's I'm sure guy. it's not the case, but um, you know, Krejci as a third liner is, you know, we, we may look back and be like, he's the best third liner to ever play the game, you know, and at least in the in the uh, modern NHL uh, 2005 to now, because the guy just fills the fills the net and then scores a ton of assists. And on top of that, he's just such a good defensive guy and, and a great skater. But as far as vibes go, You've got those guys, one, with a chip on their shoulder because everybody said that they are out. And two, you've got an aging core, an old core, not even aging, you know, an old core like Washington, like Pittsburgh. Our cores are old. Let's uh, let's one let's get the boys, the band back together for one last hurrah, one last tour. Right. So um, the the vibes and, and, and the motivation is there for all of these teams. So uh, it'll be I can't wait for the playoffs, honestly, this year. Yeah. I, I'm. It's almost playoff-like right now, honestly. It is. This season has been ridiculously fun. Yeah. It felt like last season, especially in the East, the playoffs were locked in January. Right. Where we, like it, the difference was like the Bruins had like six games in hand on the Red Wings and were like two points back on them. The second they passed them, the standings never changed again. It was just right. who's going to finish where in the top eight. There's still so much hockey left to play right now and so many positions still open like you have a team like seattle that has been in a playoff spot all season long and is still playing pretty decent hockey and we've talked about it like there's a good team in the metro probably going to end up being the islanders but could be a team like the penguins or if the devils fall out of it or the rangers fall out of it we're still we're six points into a playoff spot right now but the penguins have four games in hand on us. Like they right. can make up that difference if they win a lot of those games and a team like Buffalo, 
is only right. four points back. I love the Buffalo Sabres. They are the most fun team in the NHL this season by far. There's yeah. a lot of stuff still left to play out here. And as confident as I am in the Avs, they still haven't really shown it this season just because they've been so, so injured. So I'm still riding off of the vibes of last year for them as my pick. Mm-hmm. The Stanley Cup is wide open right now. Oh, yeah. I don't think it's ever been this wide open because you have a team like the Caps who are in the midst of a fight who have a good of a chance as anybody right now. And I can definitely see a world where they go on a run because they sure. have the talent to do it. They have the goaltending to back it up. And if they get Ovechkin to keep going like this in the playoffs and Backstrom's back to his old form and Wilson's rolling like he used to and they have a good trade deadline, they can do it. They definitely can. It's not as high as a shot as the Bruins or the Hurricanes or the Avs or any of those teams like that, but they can do it. The precedent has been set. You just got to get in. And this Absolutely. team, they're, they're due for a run, a real good run. And I'll end it with a very pessimistic thought. It might be their last chance because this, this cap team will never die. But like we're talking about, a team like the Sabres is coming up fast. The, right. the, the team like the Devils is already here and making that Metro race even tighter. As bad as Columbus is right now, they do have Johnny Gaudreau. And if they get Connor Bedard, they're going to be back real soon. A team like Ottawa, maybe they don't make it this year, but they've got to eventually. They've got a good, good team. Detroit, Detroit. is close. Yeah. Yeah. And a team like Florida, it's almost a surprise that they're as mediocre as they are this season. And Montreal, they're not good this year. They will be. Right. So the playoff races are only going to get tighter. This team's only going to get older. And right now you have one defenseman coming back next season, and that's John Carlson. Yeah. Everyone else is either going to need a new contract or you are completely redoing your defensive core, which coming into this season I would have said good. But <laughs> the way they've played this season, they've been fantastic. Sure. So, you can never predict the future. Ovi's probably still going to score 40, 50 goals until the end of time. <laughs> but a guy like Dylan Strome, you got to find a way to bring back. Sonny Milano, I'd love I'd loved to bring him back if you can. But it's yep. going to get tighter. The cap's only going to get tighter. And the competition's only going to get better. And guys like Ovi, guys like Backstrom, guys like Oshie, Wilson, Carlson, they're only going to get older. It's right. only going to get tougher from here on out. Because this might have been the season where things just get too much. They're too old and they can't make it because the competition's good right now. But you have a shot. So I I think at the trade deadline, I don't know about going all in, but you've got to at least give this team as good a shot as they can get. I agree. Um, I don't know how what kind of flexibility we'll have at the trade deadline. We'll have to get you on. The trade deadline's March 3rd. We'll have to get you on again like a week before the trade deadline so that we can talk. Um, I'd be more, I'd be more than happy to. Yeah, because things can change for sure. Uh, to your point, the blue line is all due raises. Everyone, everyone needs a million more uh, for their next contract per year. I would say at least, if not double, some of them. I mean, you're looking at Orlov, Jensen. I mean, these guys we brought in cheap. A lot of them were reclamation projects. A lot of them we drafted. But I mean. You know, the Washington Capitals, I think Unsung Hero is really on the blue line. Dmitry Orlov, I think that he's a very good defenseman. I love watching him play. He's definitely physical. Um, but you've got like TVR who's making like nothing. Uh, Jensen making like nothing. Really passed over uh, by the rest of the league. And, you know, while they are still great value options, even at double their salary, the Caps straight up may not have the room. 
yeah, and I don't see could. them offloading anybody. One of those yeah. huge contracts, like nobody's trading Backstrom, nobody's trading Ovi, nobody's trading Carlson. It's just not going to happen. Um, yeah, I mean, I've I've been on the anti John Carlson train at times because he <laughs> just sometimes makes plays that are not the smartest. But when John Carlson is on, he is a very very good defenseman. And Absolutely. eight million bucks for the next three years. I'm still not entirely opposed to that if you do want to make some space, but he is one of the foundational pieces of this blue line. But and like you said, just there's not really money to offload right now. You right. still have two years of Oshi left after this. Maybe if Mantha continues to be kind of disappointing, maybe they dump some of that five point seven. But that's a big, big maybe. That's just there is going to be a lot of salary cap space after this season because you have one, two, three, four five, six, seven regular players returning next season. Everyone else is going to need more money. And one of those players is even including Joe Snidely. Like that, that's how desperate we are. Yep. And uh, additionally, the the cap and both of your goalies, I should say, and both of your goalies are under contract for a while. Right. So we're good on the goal tending position for a couple years, but the, the, um, the, the blue line is our major concern for sure. And, uh, I had something, but I totally forgot it. Um, but yeah, so, you know, we've got uh, tons of woes. Oh, the, the the cap is only supposed to raise like another couple million by next season. But it's a, yeah, a, for the next season and then the season after that. But then after that, I've heard rumors of like a four million increase, which would be incredible. Um, I think that the the NHL is uh, probably the biggest, the, the, the number one growth major league in North America right now. So that's always a good thing. Um, we, we, we knew it. I think NHL fans have always known that this is the, probably the best and league in North America, as far as major league goes, as far as parity, as far as quality of, of, uh, like the product that they put out there. Um, their marketing just sucks ass. And, you know, luckily with ESPN going, coming in, uh, they're, I think they're, they're, pulling some strings and making sure that like, okay, we're not going to put that on our network because that's trash. Like you need to make a little bit thing, things a little bit more compelling. So I'm happy for that, but, um, all good stuff. Uh, last question before we go, when does Ovechkin pass Gretzky? The way he's going, we're probably talking er like not next season, but maybe midway through the season after that. The fact Ooh. that he's on a 50 pace again, that will have him at about, what, 820 or something like that? Eight, where is he at right now? 809, I believe, that, right? I will so if he piles on 20 good. more goals, it'd be like round 830. That's not a lot left, man. I know. I mean, if, he, <laughs> he scores, if he scores, like let's say he takes a dip and scores 40 over the next two seasons, he passes that before oh, yeah. that point. And then oh, we're yeah, talking yeah, yeah. about 900 goals. And does he have 100 left in him after that? Because if he keeps going and yeah. keeps scoring, like, I don't know if he hits 1,000, but when are we going to stop doubting him? Right, right. I mean, it, I've got him late next season doing it. Late next? Wow. Okay. Yeah, I, I'd say probably, I mean, I always feel like I go a little conservative on Ovechkin goal tools at times just because I'm afraid of jinxing. I say mid-season after that. So not next season, but maybe about 30, 40 or so games into the next season is when he passes Gretzky. Wow. That is conservative. That's quite conservative. But 
I think that we've settled on it's it's all but going to happen, right? Barring barring extreme circumstances, he's going to pass him. It's yeah. almost a done deal. I always I always said that if Ted Leonsis himself has to support Ovi up there on the power play, hold him up and swing the stick for him. Well, well I think that's get... the most amazing part about this is like this is not just Ovi banging in twenty goals a season and just trying to survive long enough to pass that record. He is in contention for the Rocket Richard. Domination. He's dominant. Like, yeah. yeah, like he is still on pace to score fifty goals again. This is not just the the former corpse of Alex Ovechkin that right. is scoring twenty goals a season, eighteen of which are on the power play, and the other two are empty netters. This is he is the best goal scorer of all time, and is still playing at that level, and is eventually going to pass Wayne Gretzky because he deserves to. Absolutely, absolutely, good stuff. All right, man. Tell everybody where they can find you and the podcast, like what your socials are and stuff. So you can find me and my co-host Christian Belay at the Tell It Abs It Is podcast, obviously here on the Hockey Podcast Network. You can find it anywhere you get your podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, all that stuff. Just search Tell It Abs It Is. We'll be right there. If you want to follow me, you can follow me at G Young's Nate Show. But if you actually want to hear from me, follow the show at Tell It Abs It Is because I just don't tweet on my personal account all that yeah. much i just i just don't care for it sometimes <laughs> i care more about promoting my show more often than not so you can follow me over there at g young's hl and at tell it it is we just released an episode or i guess this is a couple of days after we'll, we'll release a couple of episodes by the time this one uh comes out talking about our win over the edmonton oilers we'll be talking about our upcoming game against the florida panthers in a couple of days and uh hope to see you guys over there it's been a, this has been a real blast thanks for having me on yeah, absolutely, man. I mean, I usually do like a, if, if you ever need me, you know, you just let me know for sure. I'll, I'll hop on. Um, but we'll absolutely have you back pre uh, trade deadline to discuss what the what the landscape looks like there and what the Washington Capitals are going to do. Um, and, you know, love to see a fellow Caps fan. You know, Ish was Ish, Ish was a big Caps fan, but, you know, he's he's gone his separate way but uh you know we're definitely the uh, stronghold i think you and i on the network for for really loving the caps so um love to see it man thanks a lot for coming on caps fans you know i know there are a lot of you out there who like the colorado avalanche this is the podcast and guy to be following so definitely uh be doing that um and uh, I guess until next time, Capstones will be having a Monday episode as usual, and then Thursday, and you know I'll see if I can dig up a uh, dig up a, a, a interview there. But uh, until next time, Griffin, Young Griff, man, thanks a lot for coming on. Yeah, no problem. I really enjoy it. Thanks so much for having me. Absolutely. All right, Capstones. Until next time, Hockey Troll, Griffin Youngs, sign off. Hey Caps fans, thanks for tuning in to the official Caps Trip podcast, repping the greatest team in the NHL. Follow me, the Hockey Troll, at Hockey Trolling on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And follow the show's handle, at Caps Chirp, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Special thanks to the Hockey Podcast Network, at HockeyPodNet on social, and the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com. The Hockey Podcast Network, every team, everywhere. Check them out, or we're not friends anymore.